Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. So in today's episode, we're going to be exploring the importance of arts in education, specifically dance and jujitsu. My guest today is Alicia Wrights. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to explore this topic, uh, being that, you know, like my original schooling was in arts, and I think it's really important. And so I really want to dive into uh, the importance of it because it seems like it's um, something that's not valued as much as the sciences and the maths in our education system. And uh, I think that's a little sad. It is. I think you're absolutely right. It's something that, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really glad we're talking about this today because um, I think it's, and especially in the climate that we have right now with teachers and, and, and the government and things going on. So yeah, so I'm really, really happy to be here. Yeah, so let's start with a little bit, um, you know, about you um, in terms of like, how did you get, like, did you know you always wanted to be a teacher or is that just something that came along? No, I fought against it at every turn. Why? Um, I, my mother uh, taught in the elementary panel for 35 years. My brother has been a secondary school teacher for 17 years, 18 years, and I was kind of, you know, I was into the fitness thing and I had danced for 12 years, like from the time I was seven till about 18, 19. And um, there wasn't really a lot of opportunities with dance at that time. You know, I had just, I was just a little too old for like Janet Jackson and everybody else in their dance videos and all that kind of stuff. Um, So I didn't really see it as a viable, and of course, you know, there's lots of people telling you that it's not a viable option. career option. So that that wasn't something that I had kind of held in my mind that I wanted to do. It was more of a personal thing for me. And then teaching, I just, you know, it, it was just like, you know, you should be a teacher, you should be a teacher. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And just the example of seeing my mom with the elementary kids, I knew that was not something I was interested in. They were, it just seemed like so plodding and it, I just wanted, I wanted something, I wanted to do something else that just, I didn't know what I wanted, but when, um, when I kind of got the fitness bug and I went back to school for kinesiology and I was doing some personal training and things like that. And that's when I was like, okay, adults are brutal to work with. They don't want to listen to you. They want you to do everything for them. They have these complicated lives where they can't do what you need them to do. I'm sure you find that with your clients too, that it's really difficult to, once people are adults and their eyeballs deep in their, in their life and their world and their busyness and all those things, it's really, really difficult to help them make meaningful change. I'd have clients like, can you move in with me? And no, I can't, no. And I was thinking, you know, 
I need to get them younger and I need to get more of them at a time. And that was when I was, you know, a couple of years, you know, away from finishing my, my honors kin degree at Mac with no idea what I wanted to do with it. And then that kind of sharpened the focus for me about, okay, this is, this is what I think I need to try now. So the best option in your mind is, you know, teaching them younger to think about health and fitness as a lifestyle thing that they're hopefully going to be incorporating right from the get go versus, you know, later on in life, only incorporating it because now I have to versus like, this is just something that I do. Right. Like, you know, and, and, and bear in mind, you know, fitness for women and opportunities for women in that arena were far more limited than they are now. When I started teaching um, at Bishop Ryan, there was no women's wrestling program. There were no women's fitness programs in the phys ed department. There was none of that. You had a couple of really brave athletic girls that would do the fitness courses, but you know, most girls were like, nope, I'm not new. And, and rightfully so. It was an intimidating place to be. And I've re- it's been really nice to see a shift. And so now, yes, it's very much, you know, this is part of your life. This is part of, you know, you teach them at 15, 16, 17. This is part of looking after your body. This is part of self-care. This is part of your physical and emotional and mental resilience, right? All of those things where trying to start something like that at 32 with a couple of kids and a mortgage and a job and a, and a partner and all of those things like, ugh, it's, it, well, it's hard. It's I really mean, it, hard. it can be done, but it sure. requires a lot of prioritizing. Um, but if you already know how to do that and you've been doing that since you were a teenager, it's certainly a lot easier than, than trying to learn everything that you need to learn when all that is going on too. I would have clients who had never, you know, had an elevated ventilatory rate before. I don't even think people know what ventilatory rate is. Breathing faster. They didn't didn't even know what that meant. They thought they were having a heart attack. They'd never had, you know, a change in the, in the color in their face. They'd never broken a sweat before. And they were like, Oh my God, what's happening to me? And, And you think, Oh my God, these people have never, They've never experienced that, that, you know, exertion. Yeah. You know, and uh, it scared me. I thought, what, what, what is happening here? We have to get, you know, and not just, not just girls, young men too, who, you know, walk into the weight room and have no clue what they're doing. You know, they do a couple of bicep curls and go, okay, I'm good, you know. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of the squiggly path. I imagine it's certainly more challenging now, too, with, um, you know, like it's great we have the Internet and YouTube and all of these things. But at the same time, if you've never been exposed to like healthy health and fitness, like I imagine it's completely and utterly overwhelming. And if you don't know or have like the right guidance, like that's in all likelihood how you're going to get injured. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Internet can be a great a great source of information if you know what you're looking for and you know how to find the people that you're looking for. But then there's goop. Yeah. And there's the goops of the fitness industry and there's all kinds of people who, because they've worked out a few times or lost a lot of weight, 
think that they're now fitness coaches. And that can be a very dangerous thing. Everyone's different and you don't, unless you know what you're doing, you shouldn't be training people and you shouldn't be offering advice and you shouldn't be putting yourself off as a fitness coach because, you know, it's, there's a lot of garbage. There's a lot of noise. Yeah. Too. A lot of noise. Absolutely. So getting them, you know, exposed to this information earlier uh, can be really, really helpful later in life. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I also teach uh, a grade 12 university preparation course. Of, it's an exercise science course, kinesiology course. And it's great for people that are going into that field, but it's great for people that aren't. It gives them that opportunity to understand their body better and what the effects of exercise are and what is what is okay and what isn't okay. And, and it's contextualized with history and sociology and anthropology. And I know you're a big fan of yeah. anthropology. I am too. Um, and, and sort of has, has this multidisciplinary approach where people can take all of that knowledge and fit it into their lives and take that forward, whether they're going into a healthcare field or not. I'm just thinking having basic knowledge equips you to then maybe take on the internet. Like when you're looking for information, like you kind of have like a basis under like, okay, that doesn't sound biologically plausible, like, or that just doesn't sound right. And then, you you know, it's like learning to differentiate between like good websites and bad websites, well, right? Well, the other thing too, right? I mean, in, in, in that at that level, you are looking at journal articles rather than, you know... Um, blog posts, Blog posts or, you know, um, BuzzFeed posts or, do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Clickbait. You, you learn to dis- discern between those things and... And you start to, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with the social media sphere and getting information from there, but it's the people that you follow and the people that you take information from. So the difference between, yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow and Dr. Jennifer Gunter, for example, yeah, who is amazing. And she's so amazing that she has a little mini, a little web series on, on CBC Gem now. Um, and it's all about women's health and all of that kinds of, it's, and it's great because it's, I have a copy of, of her vagina Bible and awesome for teaching, um, health, health and your body. Absolutely. Certainly not getting enough of that for sure. Um, we're not going to necessarily dive into the sex ed curriculum conversation. Uh, that's, that's another, that's another podcast. I was going to say, we're not going to dive into the vagina Bible. That's okay. No, no. Maybe another time. What I think we want to, I think we'll, we'll, we'll stick with the arts for, for this one, but we can always, we can always dive into other things, but, um, you know, it's going to be a series. It's going to be a series for sure. For sure. Okay. Let's, let's talk broadly. Okay. As a teacher, why do you think art classes are so important to have in the education system? Like what, what have you seen? What have you experienced? Like what value does that bring? It's a great question. So arts comprises in our high school of music, visual art, drama, and dance. Uh, the jiu-jitsu course, even though it's a martial art, is classified under phys ed, but we'll talk about that oh, later. Oh, okay. So, but, but it's sort of, that's interesting because it's sort of branched off of the dance course, but we'll talk, we can talk about that later. So in my opinion, and I think 
you know, people can agree, art is what makes us human. And I've been teaching dance for six years at the secondary level, and it is a universal language for, for these young students to express and create and communicate and, you know, show emotion. And it's without words. Words are very difficult for teenagers sometimes. They don't know how to say how they're feeling. But, the, but when you put it into movement, and it's amazing how we all understand what certain things mean. When you have contact between dancers, when you, you, you read facial expressions, and I think in this sort of technological world that we have, we lose that, we have an illusion of connection. And the arts, like I said, I can't speak too much. I have two, two, both of my sons are very musically inclined. They're into music. And the joy that it brought them, the joy that they're able to bring other people through that expression, um, the experiences that they've had because of music and their involvement in it. Um, and I can speak for my own students. What dance brings to them is an ability to connect. And in different ways, not sitting in rows in a classroom, doing seat work, but as a group where you know, you're either performing or we're pulling apart that performance, not in a negative way, but to talk about what I saw, what I felt, what it reminded me of, what all of those things. And they're just not used to communicating in that way in, I think, these core courses. It's very much about content and teachers are under more and more pressure to pump that content out with very little opportunity. It's not that they don't want to do it, they have very little opportunity for reflection and for, you know, kind of talking and discussion and creativity, talking. right? Absolutely. And, and I have this giant open space with mirrors and bars and um, performance lighting and a sound system that people can move freely through the space and we do movement improv and to watch these students go from essentially standing in a spot and shrugging their shoulders like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. To the end of a semester where they are improvising movement to a piece of music where it looks like it's choreographed and it isn't. And the, the confidence that that creates for that student, they've journaled. They do a lot of journaling for me. They will communicate things like, I had a, really, a much easier time doing my English presentation because I was so used to presenting in dance class. And I was a lot more confident with what I was saying and doing because of what, you know, they just get so used to performing and creating and expressing. It's not such a, a scary thing for them anymore. And I think, you know, leading out into the workplace, right? Like being able to shift from one thing to another, being able to express different things, um, you know, being able to do what needs to be done to um, get a job done, right? Like all of those things are hard to express in a math equation. Absolutely. Now, listen, you, skills are important though. Skills are important for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, I think this is the other thing too, that I think People and kids in particular are sold a bill of goods that the world is competitive. And sure, in certain aspects it is, 
but what it is, the world is a lot more collaborative right than a lot of people understand and if you have the ability or you are developing the skills to get thrown together with a group of people and a choreographic problem just or a world problem or a business problem or a project problem and go you have this much time solve it and they go okay right the ability to like face that break it apart into pieces look at well what's working what's not what you know and I mean, you're just doing it in the context of movement, but really those skills are transferable. But this is the thing. I don't just throw on a piece of music and say, all right, make up a dance. Yeah. They learn the elements of dance, compositional form, where they, they, they have issues and problems that they have to solve within that piece before they present it. So it's not just... You know, put on your dance shoes and just right. like jiggy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, contrary to what I'm sure a lot of people believe that I just throw on music and everybody dances around for 75 minutes, it's it's a lot more involved in that and, than that. And I think a lot of, like I say, from the feedback that I'm getting from the students is that they are gaining those those skills that you're talking about, those marketable skills, those employability skills being, you know, responsible, being, making a commitment to a group, showing up so much of, of success in life is just showing up and doing what you need to do. And when you are accountable to three other people or eight other people, it, it, it makes a difference. You know, nobody else cares if you show up and have your yeah. homework done. Yeah. Well, it's the responsibility piece, right? Like right. you got to show up to work. Got to show up. Right. Like just a basic, some basic things. <laughs> That's it. Right. Like show up on time. We like, call them soft skills, but they're pretty important. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, uh, I, well, you've just listed off a whole bunch of um, benefits that the students are receiving from it. So I'm certainly not going to re-ask that question. Okay. <laughs> you just segued so nicely. Oh, um, this, is why, this is why. But maybe you can speak to like how dance has like personally enhanced your life. Like, have you... Do you have any examples of like how what you've like learned in dance has really helped you? I really feel like my dance experience made my becoming a teacher a lot easier. Same thing. I was used to being on stage, performing, reading an audience, connecting with an audience. And that's essentially what it is. We, I joke all the time. I put on three shows a day, right? And because content is just content. I, what kids connect to and what kids re- respond to is delivery. And you, they're, they're, they're there because you're there. And uh, so I think dance has, has brought that kind of confidence and the ability to just, you know, meet with 90 new kids per semester and get to know them and you know, and we move through as a group. And, and I, I, I never, when I stopped dancing at, at 19, the first time I went off to university, I really didn't think that it would be that big of a part of my life ever again. So when this opportunity came up, it was a really nice, like, wow, now I get to, and, and again, there's a, there's a, a context to it now and it, there's a textualization to it now that I never had when I was younger. Now I understand a lot more about what dance does and what it brings to people and how it can be used. 
Um, we look at a lot of dance pieces from other countries and where language is a barrier. All of a sudden through movement, it isn't. So I think that it opens up a lot of, I think it's made me more expressive and more creative. I never thought of myself as a creative person. Um, but, but being able to do this as part of my job has kind of facilitated that. And it's been really nice to sit in that world and, and get a little bit more into that and, and watch what some of these kids come up with. Like, it's absolutely amazing. We cry like we, and that the kids joke all the time that that is the goal is to make miss cry. Yeah. And <laughs> they're good at it. Like they, <laughs> it's like, oh, oh my God, that was just, oh, and they're like, yes. They just, they're so, they're so happy that they can, because I think, I think emotion is scary for a lot of people and they're afraid to, especially women, you, you know, you gotta be strong. You can't, and men too, you know, you can't, can't cry because nobody will take you seriously and you can't emote because, you know, you'd be seen as weak or, and in that realm, we can emote all day long and it's fine. You know, it's actually better. Yeah. So it's like the permit, you know, it has this like inherent permission to express thyself. Right. Because it is emotional. Yeah. It is emotional. I, I find it very emotional and, and it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. We, you know, we have a little thing that we do every Friday. We do flash choreo Fridays and they don't know who their groups are going to be. And they don't know what the topic is going to be. They don't know what the mute, they don't know anything. And I just go, here's your groups. Here's your topic. Go. And they get one period to get it done. And then at the end of the period, they have to perform. And it's so much fun. And the stuff that they come up with is mind-blowing, you know? And, and it makes them feel like they've accomplished something. You know? How many times did they go to class and they walk out going, oh, my God. Right. You know? It's kind of like, it's like the booster juice to like (laughs) make it through the day. Yeah. Right. I tried, I try as often as I can within as much control as I have to schedule the dance classes, either first period or second period, very early in the day to set up these kids to move and create and do all the things and then go on to the rest of their day. And they've, they've communicated that it makes a difference. Yeah. Rather than at the end of the day. Yeah. They're tired and they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. They've tuned out. Yeah. 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 So. Okay, so so we got dance. Mm-hmm. Now, what in the world made you decide jujitsu was a thing for you? At school, you mean? Uh, even prior too. I mean, because okay. y- you didn't start it at school without starting it. I didn't. But yeah. Like, oh man, do we fall down the jujitsu hole? I don't know. We could. There, it, we we could do a whole series just on jujitsu. I think, but. Uh, Reader's Digest. (laughs) The abridged version. Um, This is the kind of cool thing. I started started training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in 2011. I think you were the year before. Uh, I was pretty... I mean, I... Well, no, I started... I was in the club, like, I think 2008. Wow. But I started in the kickboxing program first, probably for like the first six months or so building up the courage to go into the jujitsu class because there were no girls no i mean there were girls training but they were in the advanced class and there was only two of them and i never saw them right so to me there were no girls no girls no No girls no girls in your world yeah right so it was pretty scary i was so happy to have you here (laughs) when i showed up and you were there and i was like thank god 
Um, so I had started that in 2011 and in 2014, um, I started the dance curriculum at, because we got a new building. So I was able to have input into the dance studio and what it looked like and the type of floor we had and blah, blah, blah. And in the dance curriculum, which basically is what curriculum is, is the government lays out what you're supposed to teach them and what the kids are supposed to be able to know and do by the end of the semester. And there was a connection, a curricular connection. They wanted you to um, teach parallels between dance training and martial arts training. And I was like, wow, I do a martial art. So um, we have a very long, um, proud wrestling history at our school. And with the new building, they built a wrestling room, which uh, was supposed to be a storage room. It's quite large, actually. It's classroom sized. Um, And they decided to make it a wrestling room and matted it instead. So all the floors and all the walls are matted. And, And then the wrestling team got super big and they added a women's wrestling team. So they don't even use that room anymore. They just lay out mats through the entire gymnasium and practice there. So, um, so what I would do, I would take my dance classes down to the wrestling room for a couple of days and we would, I would show them some jujitsu and go, you know, this is martial arts training. How is it similar to dance training? What are some of the parallels? So we do that for a couple of days. And one of the students was like, this is so fun. And I said, yeah, it is fun. And she said, why don't we have a jujitsu class? I was like, that is a great question. So what I had to do was go to my department head and say, what do I have to do to start a focus course? So phys ed has the opportunity to do certain courses. So hockey focus, basketball focus, right? And really there was nothing at the senior level for just girls. If you wanted to do senior phys ed, it had to be co-ed. And fine, but a lot of girls are like, no, I don't wanna do, I don't wanna go in a weight room with the guys right now. Um, so this was a cool opportunity to do something that was just for the girls. And he said, you need two weeks of fitness testing, you need four weeks of health, and then you have to come up with 12 weeks of curriculum. And I was like, no problem. So I designed a few weeks of no gi self-defense, um, and then a couple of weeks at each position, the guard, the mount, side control, back. Easy, easy peasy, right? Just very basic, fundamental Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Gracie self-defense. Submitted it, they looked it over, they said, okay. The principal said, okay, we'll put it on the, on the option sheet with a warning that if I didn't get 15 kids to sign up, they would collapse it. In other words, it would just go away. It would never exist. And the first year we put it on the option sheet, I had 60 girls. Wow. Sign up. 60. Six zero. Yeah. Which meant I was going to get two classes of it. And that I was, I was blown away by that response. And that was, I started in September of 2015 teaching that course. So now, so this is my fifth year teaching it now and it makes up half my timetable wow yeah so I'm so the a- response has continued to be positive and i work very hard to promote it 
Okay. Because it is not a core course. It is not a guarantee. So every semester I am talking to girls phys ed course classes. I'm talking to the fitness girls. I'm talking to talking, bringing my dance kids down and previewing it. I work with another teacher who has the same timetable as I do. So she has, she has fitness kids. I have, and so we're going to trade for a couple of days. So my jujitsu kids can try her fitness class. Her fitness class can try my jujitsu class. And then when, um, when the option sheets come out in March, they've tried it and they go, Hey, that's cool. And then they'll choose it. So, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a promotion. It's, um, you know, at the end of, of every semester, it's a promotion. I, I have to promote the dance courses too, because they're not a guarantee either. And, uh, so, but it's, it's been overwhelmingly a positive response and, uh, yeah, to, to, to these courses. So. What, um, have like students given you feedback at the end of the class? Like what do, what are they saying about the martial arts? I have a grade 11 and a grade 12. So they will communicate how they felt about the course because they will take it again. Oh, well, that's always a good thing. Is always a good thing. Repeat customers is always a good thing. Um, again, I do journaling with them and I will. they will write things like, I used to walk down the hall with my head down, and now I don't. Or I was assaulted, and it affected me for a long time because I didn't know what to do. And now I do know what to do, and I feel differently. I feel powerful. I feel more in control of my world. Like, those are the kinds of things that they're, you know, it's that it is um, a mind shift for them. Where, you know, from feeling like they have no power and no control in their world to having some. And not being cocky about it. Yeah. But just just that confidence of, you know what? I can set down boundaries with people and enforce them if I have to. And that is a whole other... I mean, I think for grown women like you and I and people that have been training for many years like you and I and, you know... Um, you know, we have children, so we know that we could kill if we had to, like that kind of thing to protect our cubs. But uh, for a young woman, for 16-year-old, 17-year-old girls, I think that's huge for them. I think huge it's very important because one negative, one negative experience of, you know, assault or attempted assault or sexual assault or so- anything of that nature... Um, can leave deeply wounded scars, right? Um, well, well, trauma. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you you've done a lot of a lot of um, investigation and research into that, and and I mean, you look at your business and your clients. How much of that of of some of the issues that your female clients are having are because of tr- past trauma? Well, a lot, a right? Lot. So if we can, if we can prevent some of that, like, I mean, I don't think it gets any more important than that. Yeah. For, and, you know, and so as a result, parents are super on board with this. I, I was just about to ask what, <laughs> what, what is the parent? Like, I mean, do you, I don't know. Do you guys do parent teacher stuff? Oh, okay. We do interviews. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And, 
I, I love parent-teacher interviews, mostly because it's like, wow, look how much you look like your dad. It's yeah. it's really interesting to see how far the apple falls. Um, and because it's really fun to be able to show the parents, look, this is where you... Because I do my interviews out of the dance studio, so they get to see that environment, and then we get to talk about you know whether their daughter or son is taking my dance class or if their daughter's taking my jiu-jitsu class. And nine times out of ten... Parents will come in and go, I just had to come down and meet you. That's it. I just wanted to come down and meet you and say thank you for taking care of my daughter because, you know, she loves this course and it's, you know, it's made a difference for her and thank you for doing this. You know, it's the only one of its kind in our board and and it's it's really, really nice to see, you know, parents worry about their kids. That's, that's, that's what we do. We worry yeah. about our kids. And... To have an opportunity for your 16-year-old daughter to get training five days a week for five months for free and get a credit. Honestly, like just thinking about, you know, my high school times and like I, you know, didn't have the confidence to stand up for myself because I feared that would it result potentially in something physical and I would avoid that at all costs because I don't want to get hurt and I certainly don't know what to do about it. And then it's like, do I have the money to pay to attend some martial art, you know, at in those teenage... I didn't have the time or the money to attend to do that, or the ability right? to get there. Like, how or, do you even well, get there? That's another barrier. Like, it's, I mean, I was in Waterdown prior right. to, like, public transit. Like, there was no getting anywhere on a... Like, except a bicycle. No, you right? lived like, in Waterdown. You were in Waterdown. Yeah, I was in Waterdown. Yeah, but, but if you live there, you're there. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, you don't leave there. You don't go anywhere else. <laughs> so, there was... There was... Certainly wasn't jujitsu as an option. No. Um, you know, so... Um, you know, looking back, man, you know, I wonder how life would have been different if I had... Not that I want to use the martial art to hurt people... But really to have the confidence to be like, if I had to defend myself, I could. Well, and this is the thing. I, you know, I always start with all of them and say, I hope you never have to use this. Yeah, absolutely. I want you to learn all of this stuff with the hope you'll never have to use it. But I just hope that it will stop someone from choosing you. Yeah. Because... You can't see me. Well, you can. Your listeners can't see me. But I've been told I have an aura of, no, that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. Um, how, and, how you carry yourself, right? right? If you're not feeling confident and you're feeling vulnerable and scared, like, right. may or have. Or distracted. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or distracted. Um, I've seen you walk down the street. You've seen me walk down the street. We don't walk like hey, maybe this is a good person for me to assault. No, it's not a good idea. And it's not because I look like I can do something or you look like you can do something. Well, we're tiny people. If you've ever <laughs> seen, okay, we're both really short and, and, <laughs> and you know, tiny and tiny people. But, so, But we're dangerous. No, um, we're fine. But, but this is the thing is that, you know, you, you walk around with an awareness of your environment and just... A, a a quality of maybe it's not this is not a good idea for me to assault this person right yeah it's just it's like you said it's a confidence that it's just the way you carry yourself 
And if that, that is what some of these girls are writing to me. I used to be this way and now I'm this way because of jujitsu. And the other part is that nobody's meaner to girls than other girls. Yeah. Except in this class. And, you know, and I think that's what stops a lot of young, a lot of girls from taking, continuing to take phys ed because it gets clicky and the athletes do really well and everybody else is like, ugh, I don't, you know. Whereas with this, no one knows how to do anything. So it's it doesn't a, matter. It's a level playing field. It's a level playing field. Everybody comes along together. Everybody celebrates each other. You have to do it in partners. And you have to get close and personal. And you have to get close and personal. And it's really, really hard to do jujitsu by yourself. You can do it, but it looks weird. Yeah, well, <laughs> I just don't know how. <laughs> okay? So you have to be a good partner and you have to be, you know. And so what ends up happening is that you have this group cohesion um, of, you know, 24, 26, 28 girls that you don't normally see in those kinds of groupings, right? Uh, so, so that's really nice too. And I'm sure it develops like different types of bonds within that group where hopefully they're less likely to. There's jokes about Wright's army walking the halls of the high school, <laughs> writing wrongs and, and, and seeking out justice. You know what I mean? And I'm like, please don't, <laughs> please don't invoke my name. If you have to throw somebody onto the. Yeah, exactly. The please don't. I don't have anything to do with it. You know, it's like, yeah. Like Dumbledore's army, but yeah. So, and they do, but they do, they, they have a a bond with each other and they support each other and celebrate each other. You know, I think nothing is scarier, you know, the first day than front rolls, you know, launching yourself forward, you know, looks like onto your head and it's not. And there's always someone who's scared to do it, scared to do it. And, and then they get cheered when they, they finally get it. And where does that happen? Like when you finally, we keep using math. I don't mean to beat up on math, but yeah. you finally get a math concept. Is there some? Is there somebody next to you going, yay? Like <laughs> nobody cares that you finally got quadratic equations. Like no one cares. Mainly because they probably didn't. Yeah, maybe, maybe they were struggling with it. It's like, the, yeah. But this is the thing. You all struggle as a group and, you know, and I'm in the middle going, don't worry. It's ugly now. It'll get better. Don't worry. It'll get better. But so that's, that was a very unexpected benefit is that all of a sudden you have you have all these jujitsu sisters that you weren't expecting to have. And a lot of them do journal about that, about how, how nice it was to have all of these girls that they have a bond with. That We're talking have. about connection yeah. and like real, real you know, you can't have a cell phone connection, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're, you know, we're, we're talking connecting body wise, feeling Absolutely. movement. Yeah. Um, Anticipating. Yeah. And I mean, isn't that what empathy is? Where you can, you understand what someone else is doing or feeling or, right? That's, that's what that is. And it's not, it's not always comfortable at the beginning to get as close as you need to get for jujitsu, but they get over it and it's, and they, they learn to be, they learn to be good partners. Yeah. Right. And, and, and like each other. Isn't that wonderfully transferable to life? Like, aren't those the values and qualities that we want to instill, you know, in future generations of connected and cooperation and, you know, empathy and 
being a good partner and Absolutely. you know in, in whatever kind of relationship it yeah. is whatever kind of relationship it is it it i mean i don't know the the level of trust that that we have training together for as long as we have is more than i have with people that i've known for decades right and part of that is because it's 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 because of the adversity that we have to overcome together in order to keep going in this art, right? And that's... Which is, for us, very male-dominated. Yes. Yeah. There, I mean, you know, we, we, had a pic- we had a picture of us girls. There was, like, seven of us present in a class. Yeah, there's, there's like, 32 guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, well, hey, there's, there's seven. Let's get a picture. And all the guys are like, bitch, please. Like, there's 40 of us. Like, <laughs> Every time, right? Yeah. But for that's an occasion for us. Yeah, when there's seven people there. Yeah, it's right? it's tough, and and I think you know having um, a class dedicated to women, especially young women, doing that that they may you know later on have the confidence to join a regular class that I, may be co-ed. I actually, well, will be co-ed. I actually have a student from last semester that is doing her free week at the club right now going to actual classes. I went to fundamentals last Tuesday cause I knew she was coming and I said, I'll tell you what, I'll partner with you. And she was like, okay. And she showed up and, um, and she went, she's doing the fundamentals nogi tonight. Like have fun. <laughs> but, um, and she was still nervous, but she said, you know, I, I, I'm good. I want to try this because I enjoyed it so much and I want to keep going, right? I think the hardest part is getting over... Because um, you, you have to partner with people, right? And it's right. like a large group of people you don't know. And so part of that is just breaking the ice. And that's why I chose to do kickboxing before I did mm-hmm. jujitsu because mm-hmm. people would cross over. So then it'd be like, you know, you make a few um, connections with people in kickboxing that's less in your personal space. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, okay, like, will you partner with me? So then it makes it less awkward. And then, you know, and then after that, it's like, no, well, it's still a big deal, but it, a big deal. it really is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get deal. a good partner. So I don't know. I, maybe it's a female thing, but it's always like, all right, you know, looking in the class, who's there, who am I going to partner with? Cause well, and, that, and that's the thing I think, you know, I think there's a lot of things that as women in this male dominated sport, there's a lot of. There's a lot of components to it that the guys don't have to think about, but we do. So trying to set up, well, when are you going? When are you going? Well, who's going to be there? What? The? Because you want to know that there's going to be someone there that you can partner with. And it's not like you can't partner with the guys. You can, but you need to be choosy. And you don't know who is going to be okay for you and who isn't, right? And so... With the guys, it's like, well, I'll just show up and there'll be somebody there. Yeah. And I think for us, it's a little bit more, there's a, there's a, maybe anxiety is a strong, strong word. Uh, Anxiety. I'm going to say trepidation. Yeah. About that. Where you go, ugh. And then, you know, you have to be very choosy about who you roll with because there are lots of guys who are perfectly lovely people. Yes. Except when they're on a mat. And you think, this, uh, he's a nice guy. And then you slap and bump and you go 
and you're like, oh my God, what's happening right now? Yeah, you're like, do you not realize that you outweigh me at least by 60 pounds? Yeah. I'm like, you don't need to crush me. No, but I think there's a there's a delicate balance and intricate weaving of ego and, you know, I, I kind of think, well, we're all the same on the mat. But I don't know what it's like to be a guy and get choked out by a girl. Yeah. I don't know what that's like either. I don't know what that's like. Like, And I I feel like many of them do not want that to happen. No, especially tiny girls, right? And ones that are old enough to be your mom. Yeah. Right? So there's kind of a few things going on there. But so so then in, in that case, sometimes it becomes dangerous for us because... People decide they're going to muscle you. People decide they're going to really go hard and because they don't want to get tapped out or whatever it is, and you end up getting hurt. So we we have to make, I feel like... I feel like if we can get through this, we can get through anything in life. I mean, it, you know, I feel like, oh, it, yeah, I, feel like I take a, a special yeah. kind. You know, when I get stressed, I go to jujitsu, and then I realize that being mounted is worse than all my other problems. But um, that's the thing. I, I feel like we're doing micro calculations in our heads all the time trying to just survive in this in, in, in this in this art to keep going because that's the point is to be here for a long time yeah for the long term I think what we need is more women coming out where there is a women's class mm-hmm. uh, but I, I can see why it would be intimidating for the very reasons that we've just described. It's just that I think, you know, it certainly takes a strong ability to work through all of these emotions mm-hmm. to stay as a woman. And I mean, we both of us have been doing it a long time and we've managed to work through all of those. You know, you just learn. You just learn how to like move through the universe. I think it's just, I think as you do it longer, you just realize that the rage will pass, right? Or or the 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 desperation will pass. Or the I need to I need to quit this because I suck so bad will pass. You know what I mean? You go through that and and you know I I feel like I just keep hitting little walls. They were way bigger when I first started. You hit big walls. Yeah. And then they get a little smaller and a little smaller. Now it's just maybe like some worn out drywall, right? Where you go, okay, I had a bad day and that's normal. But, and I think we have more women now than we ever have. Absolutely. And the trick now is keeping them there. And I feel like the, the way to do that is mentorship. Yeah. And leadership. Where the, peop- the the women that have been there longer um, need to sort of nourish. Help them navigate it through because, yeah. you know, we had to do it the hard way. Yeah, and that whole, you know, I, I hate that sort of, well, I did it. They can do it. Like, it's, why? Why? And look at all the women that came through the door and lasted two classes and turned around and went right back out again. Because maybe you need a little encouragement and maybe if you know that there's going to be someone there that you trust and that's going to help you rather than just wipe the mat with you, then 
you'll be more likely to stay. And we have to think of, is, that is what we want, isn't it? That's what we want. Yeah. We want people to stay. I want, I wish all the women would do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm, I'm, you know, hounding people. I'm hounding kickboxing girls all the time. You know, you should really come and do Jiu-Jitsu. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they go, you should come and do kickboxing. And I tried it once and they're like, how did you like it? And I was like, it was great. You can do it again? No. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like one of those roller coasters at the, at Canada's Wonderland. I did it once. That's fine. I, I don't like hitting and I don't like getting hit. It doesn't feel good. I like choking people unconscious. That's way more fun in my opinion. But yeah, that's, that's the goal, right? Is to make it more palatable for women so that they'll stay and, and make them feel like, okay, like. I'm going to get a chance to get better. Yeah. I think a lot of women feel like they just get thrown in too soon and and they get frustrated or they get hurt or they get intimidated and they just leave. Yeah. But maybe, you know, maybe the change in tide is like that's maybe the reason why it needs to be available in high schools, right? Like exposing them early to a concept and, and then, you know, we as women in jiu-jitsu, you know, we have to take on that that role. And we need to be better at that role so that we ultimately have more girls to roll with. I mean, selfishly. Right. <laughs> it's very selfish. <laughs> it's very selfish. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish, you know, I wish I could go around and, and, do it at different high schools too. Yeah. But there just isn't enough. There isn't a way to really do that in the capacity that I have right now. Yeah. Um, and where things maybe are at with education might be a little bit too challenging to do so. But, it might be too challenging. But this is why we're having this conversation yeah, exactly. about why this needs to be in the schools mm-hmm. um, because it has so much added value and benefit. Um and people just might not know about it, but maybe somebody listening to this that is, you know, in that age, like, um, you know, maybe they're already doing jujitsu. Maybe they don't know what they want to do with their life. Maybe they'll become a teacher and try to set up a jujitsu yeah, program. Like, absolutely. they probably would never have thought that that is a possibility. And now you've just made that a possibility. Like, it's been done, so therefore can be done again. Mm-hmm. And maybe somebody's going to take on that role. That would be great. That would be, be really good. Because more, I, I think as, you know, kind of bringing it back to the education aspect, the more young women that can learn that and, and get the benefit from that is, I mean, that's whether they, whether they show up to a club and start learning jujitsu and competing and doing all that stuff, that's a little less important in my mind than having that com- developing that confidence early and knowing what your body can do and knowing that you can set boundaries and enforce those boundaries physically if you have to and maybe you save yourself maybe you help someone else yep um that's that's i think that's a big thing for a lot of young women to feel powerful in their own world and being able to to defend themselves. I, I had a student that was like, you know, it, to know that I can protect myself and not, and not feel like I need someone else to protect me. That's a big deal. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know? So, yeah, that's... And unfortunately, you know, I, I worry about the future of these courses with the direction that, you know, the government wants to push education. So, you know, and I don't... Obviously, there's selfish reasons. why I, I love what I do. I love teaching dance and teaching jiu-jitsu and it just doesn't translate as well if you're taking it online you know it doesn't really, yeah those aren't really courses you can do online nope so so uh, you know we got to keep those courses alive i really. feel very strongly about um having students in class working with each other working with a teacher that's present and it's i think it's a big deal for these kids to have that you know air quotes face time Absolutely. With their peers and with their, with their teachers. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so right now you are what Bishop Ryan high school in Hamilton, Ontario, I just am. for anybody yes. listening. So, I mean, if you're thinking, Oh, I'd love for my kid to do this. Well, they, that's, <laughs> they, they, they need to attend that school. It's not available anywhere else. <laughs> not available in stores. No, no, not available in stores. Um, I want to take this opportunity to thank you very much for sharing um, your knowledge and, you know, just being able to share with the world the amazing thing that you are doing for these kids. Um, Mine's a little digress about um, our like jujitsu, jujitsu life. Um, That was always going to happen. Yeah, that's okay. But, you know, I really appreciate this conversation and hopefully others will... Um, appreciate what the arts, you know, really can do for students. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. It was really, it was really great to be here today and talk with you about that. And thank you for bringing that into the spotlight and letting people know what's, why it's important. So thank you for that. Yeah. And of course, we always want to thank our listeners. Uh, Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. This way, all um, available episodes will uh, come straight to your phone, tablet, or however else you digest uh, information from the internet. So make sure you subscribe and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.